श्री हरि नाम प्रभु की जय गौरी वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जय गौर भक्त वृंद की जय प्रेम आनंदे रिवो गुड मॉर्निंग एवरीवन सो टुडे वी वी गैदर टू इंपार्ट द ब्लेसिंग फॉर chanting hari naam sri hari naam ki jai and um also to give mantra diksha to some students who have already received that uh, that blessing in the past and it's um not a departure from our discussions thus far this week which have been about the govardhan leela which as we've heard Ermit centers on shraddha and sharanagati shraddha means faith divine faith here and sharanagati means literally uh, surrender it, it it is the external if you will uh, uh the more tangible visible expression of the faith hmm? um so and in Govardhan Leela it was uh, mentioned in the in the second of the four chapters that we went through discussing this leela in in the bhagavat that uh macharanam gostham krishna described his place macharanam hmm? gostham my my place of the cows this place the brudge that is my this means Matsharanamir means my means my home. It is my my shelter, the place in uh, in which uh, I I give shelter. I protect everyone. I give shelter and so forth. So sometimes this uh, initiation coming forward is described like this. Indeed, we was asked last night by Irene, is it Eileen? Forgive me. that the first what is the first step she was already you know past the first step but uh but um in one sense the first step ado ado means beginning and i answered like this ado guru ashraya hmm? uh, guru means the guru and ashraya means shelter so to take shelter of the guru guru is a particular mm, manifestation of krishna that is tailor made so to speak custom made to um tender to our um uh, uh, divine pursuit um that it may go forward in a systematic way pramanda bhamite kon bhagavan jeev guru krishna prasade bhai bhakti latadej is to is a contrast in this uh, bengali verse of krishnadas kaviraj bramanda bramite kon bhagavan bramanda bramite kon means kind of aimlessly wandering hmm? and um, the implication is th- through many sets of eyes and many sets of ears uh, and uh, uh, tactile biggest organ senses we've experienced the world hmm? through in other words in different species of life we're wandering brahmanda means the universe brahmanda brahmite kon bhagavan 
Brahmanda on wandering throughout the universe through different species of life, experiencing the world from the air, from the water, hmm? from under the ground, from above the ground, on four legs, hmm? with no legs, uh, on two legs, and two legs with a brain, hmm? bigger one, uh, in which intelligence and self awareness is, is manifest. And this is the time human life, having wandered that far and far and wide in that form of life, uh, that good fortune may come the way Bhagyavan of the Jeev. And that good fortune means Yadrichaya. Yadrichaya. Good fortune. Good, good luck. Uh, it means something outside of the the, the system of the world of cause and effect. The world is said to be such that however you move, every move you make, every breath you take, <laughs> someone's watching you. Something, <laughs> uh, something like that. So um, this is the implication of, the, of karma because the breaths we take and the moves that we make in our material life are all, unfortunately, arising out of a perceived uh, necessity due to identifying with matter, which is empty, hmm? which has no value unless it matters to someone, and that someone is not matter, but consciousness, because it requires consciousness to matter, to feel, and so forth, as we well explained. And so when the conscious self, the... the, 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 the a unit of individual consciousness of being, knowing, and loving, satchit ananda. Hmm? When it identifies with matter, uh, it kind of, if you will, turns on matter, just like we turn on the world. If we, the chair has meaning because somebody's sitting in it, the car has meaning because there's a driver in it, otherwise it's it, it, the idea that being a car, that's an idea car is an idea, do you understand? Hmm? It's just a, so many elements, but it's a car. This is a, this is a conscious idea. So, Sridhar uh, once, Pujapad Sridhar Marsh reasoned that, uh, the, uh, that they, sometimes they're thinking that consciousness comes out of the stone, right? That consciousness comes out of matter, that consciousness is an epiphenomenon of the brain. Hmm? No difference between consciousness and the brain, um, but he reasoned yeah, very much the other way around. The stone is a conception, as I'm saying. You understand? So consciousness is is primary in in the Vedanta, and for good reason. And we universally intuit that and act in that way, as if that is the case. Um, and so, of course, the spiritual life is to hone that, and so forth. But my point here is that when we, as units of consciousness, move matter and turn the, sh the, the, the world on, so to speak, like a viewer turns on the television, television is dependent upon the viewer, but the television may take over the life of the viewer. Hmm? So, it's a good show, you know. <laughs> uh, that's a problem. So, so, we have kind of turned on the world. Consciousness makes it alive. Consciousness is life. 
biology, that's a material thing. Chemistry, biology, <laughs> physics, hmm? um, these are all ideas also. <laughs> so uh, biological life is there. Hmm? That's one thing. But what makes that uh, material ingredients combine in such a way as to cause that and so forth. This is a consciousness-driven world from the perspective of the Gita. Hmm? And uh, so when that consciousness is so much more meaningful than matter, as I'm explaining, turns on matter, it moves in such a way that's quite fascinating. Hmm? Uh, that's called Vishnumaya. Hmm? Very fascinating. So we get enamored by the show, if you will, and we start to identify with it, and we think ourselves to be a particular combination of those things, uh, of those elements. So we think ourselves to be American, to be a woman, to be a man, to be of a particular race, and it may extend such identification into material religion as much as religion, in the ordinary sense, as we've been discussing over the last week, um, is not spiritual. It doesn't have the atma, the self, even, as its objective. While it speaks of God, it is only for the purpose of increasing the material assets by which we think our life will become more complete. But the point here is that we are complete without matter. And what we're searching for in matter is our self and, and the prospect that we have when the, uh, we have bhakti in our life, which is kind of like the, 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 the Godhead exercising himself in relation to us, sending us a, a note, meet me over here. Hmm. Something like that. Hmm. And such notes are handed down. Somebody's carrying them, those books. Hmm. That is the person who makes us lucky because while there's a system hmm, and while we, up to the world, the system is such that when we as conscious entities identify erroneously with matter and feel needy, then we take uh, and, uh, and we, 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 we exploit the natural world for our mentally conceived sense of self and its purposes. And uh, so, having taken, we owe. So this is the principle of karma. I owe, I owe, so off to work I go. I think there's a bumper sticker or a button like that. So this is a cute way of describing a very acute situation, <laughs> the material existence. Uh, so, problem. And it's a system. So you, 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 you input and there's a response. And, and, and we're chasing ourselves, so to speak. We're taking, we're hunting, and so we're being hunted. Hmm? It's a problem. The other day I saw a fly caught in a web. Hmm? And there was the spider, and I thought to free the fly, but then, you know, what would the spider say? Okay. <laughs> what do you do? You can't please everybody. Huh? Really, you can't please anybody, materially speaking. Hmm? But if you, if you learn to please yourself, in a, what is the real self? If you learn to let go rather than to uh, try to acquire and so forth, hmm? then you can do good for others. And that person, that is, a, that is the, 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 the uh, position of the guru. He uh, does good for the world 
and he or she is outside of the system hmm? because not being a taker, hmm? rather being a giver, being a lover, hmm? that is mentioned in the Gita, daivim prakritim ashrita, mahatmanas tu mampartha. Hmm? There's a kind of person, he's or she is mahatma. Hmm? Atmas become very big. Maha means great. Atma means the conscious self, the consciousness self, the, the, the unit of being, knowing and loving potential that we are. Hmm? That becomes big, if you will. It grows or it expands, more or less, I should say, by, by giving. Hmm? And by taking, it contracts. It contracts and that it tends to recede to the background and matter, the show that it turns on, takes precedence. And as we give, that show moves to the background and the self comes out. Hmm? It doesn't really change sizes, but the covering of matter hmm, is removed as we give. And how big the self is hmm, comes to the fore. So such a person is what is called in the Bhagavatam um, well, here in in the Bengali, the verse that I started, Bhagavan, luck. Luck means, uh, you know, that, that, that there's a system, and then you have good luck. You beat the system somehow. You got good luck. It wasn't supposed to happen. And so there's nothing we're doing by which it's supposed to happen. Hmm? We're only furthering our own predicament, so to speak, by our moves uh, in relation to material nature. Even they may be well-intended often. Hmm? And they said, uh, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, right? So, so this is an important point because in our tradition, this opportunity for bhakti is coming to us and it has absolutely nothing to do with anything you've done. That you have to understand. Hmm? That is what Bhagavan means. That which means yadrichaya means. Hmm? It is a gift entirely. Hmm? And this means the Bhagwan is very gracious. Hmm? He makes that gift readily available through different agents and so forth. We move in the world under a different influence. Daivim prakritim ashrita. We are moving under the influence of the material nature and the sadhu is moving under the influence of bhakti. This is the essence of Krishna's surup shakti, his internal energy. So... The, the, the activities may be similar, but the, but the for driving force and, and motivating force is different. Hmm? It's hard to understand sometimes the Vaishnava sadhu because they're involved uh, readily, uh, apparently, with the world, but their motive is entirely different. This is the whole teaching of Rasalila, hmm? for example. Hmm? It's an extreme to make a, make a point in one sense. Hmm? So, so, Brahmanda Brahmite Kon Bhagavanti, wandering in the world kind of aimlessly hmm, in pursuit of our interests but looking in the wrong place, acting in such a way to free ourselves only to encumber ourselves. It always reminds me when I say it of the old movies of Tarzan. I go back a ways, so. <laughs> when someone get, would get stuck, when we were little kids, we'd watch that sometimes. And then some, inevitably, in the jungle, some somebody, probably Jane, uh, 
would get stuck in the quicksand and then Tarzan would swing in and say, don't move, because if you move, you just go down further. Hmm? So our movements are something like that. We're trying to go up the down escalator. What's required is that Tarzan has to swing in on the rope and then hang on and, and he pulls you out. And at that time you don't think, I sure held on good, didn't I? <laughs> you don't think like that. You think, Tarzan, he saved me. Something like that. So we have to <laughs> we have to understand this. I'm making it simple, but this bhakti is a gift. It's not a right. And I, we heard that this morning from Pujapada Marsh in his own glorification of his guru, his own sensibility. What a blessing it uh, it was for him to have that um, intervention, hmm? divine intervention in his life. So coming from outside the system, which is where we belong, where, where we, we where we will thrive, hmm, I should say. Um, we are of that soil, so to speak. We are a unit of being, knowing, and loving. And matter is, is by comparison, sat means being, chit means knowing, ananda means loving. We are being, knowing, loving, and matter is asat, achit, nirananda, just the opposite. Hmm? So, the jiva is wandering and becomes lucky. Means that, that means that the sadhu is not moving, not in the system, not moving under the law of cause and effect, karma. This is the power of bhakti. Bhakti has the power to not only um, uh, eradicate the influence of karma that is stored, that has not yet come to fruition, but that which is already bearing fruit. So we think that the, the moving agents of divinity, that, uh, that uh, the, their influence, their contact, their association, this creates our good fortune. So, while moving unsystematically in the world, we then come under the good, this, the verse says, that uh, even he, he or she looks for God unsystematically, well, God in the heart makes arrangement. God brings the, the guru and the guru brings us to God. Hmm? Guru Krishna Prasade Bhai Bhakti Latavid by giving the seed of bhakti. That seed has been described in different places uh, by different acharyas in different ways. But uh, Shijiva Goswami, Goswami speaks of it in the 10th canto of Bhagavatam in his uh, Kram Sandarbha commentary. Hmm? Maybe the 56th chapter as that just the the the, the interest in 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 uh, in serving Krishna in a sense of the efficacy. So something like Shraddha, the awakening of Shraddha faith that as I said, Sharanagati corresponds with or is the outward expression of. Hmm? So I wanna say, as I am, that that, that this uh, we're not hearing from the Bhagavatam this morning, but that we've been hearing for days now about the Govardhan Leela, and it's all about Sharanagati and Shraddha. Sarva Dharman Pratyajja Mami Kam Sharanam Braja. Krishna says, just depend on me, nobody else. So this is how the initiates should be thinking. Uh, depend on Krishna, and he's coming to me in the form of a particular agent, and I take shelter there. So Sharanam, shelter. So it works well with what we've been discussing. Hmm? How to, how to take those initial and practical 
steps to apply that which the Leela is speaking about. Among other things, there are many things there, but these are the central ideas of the Govardhan Leela. <clears throat> it is said that eligibility to tread the Bhakti Marg is faith in the efficacy of of the teaching of, of, of Krishnanam, which is the principal teaching, or practice, I should say, of the tradition, the chanting of the names of Krishna. Um, as I said before, it requires faith to do anything. But for other spiritual systems, faith is required plus other things. Hmm? In the Gyanmarg, faith is required plus a pure heart. In Yoga Marg, faith is required and you read the Yama Niyamas, and then you'll forget about that path. <laughs> <laughs> so in bhakti, uh, faith alone. That speaks as to the efficacy of bhakti, the power of bhakti. Hmm? Bhakti is not uh, of this world. Hmm? It's not like I'll do bhakti as much as bhakti will do me, so to speak. Atashri Krishna Namadi, Nabhavet Grayamindri. You cannot serve Krishna, and bhakti means to serve Krishna with material senses. So how will we do bhakti? Hmm? Bhakti will have to come, descend, and ride on our senses, so to speak. Hmm? Hmm? Through the Guru Parampara, we get bhakti. Then, then um, bhakti, in, in the form of sadhana bhakti, um, plays herself out on our senses. Hmm? Therefore, we can begin to serve Krishna. Hmm? So it's all coming from up to down. This is a very important uh, point. So it's a grace-oriented tradition. There's two things: there are grace and effort, of course. But we like I like to say we we make the effort to get grace. That is a very different idea of effort. You see, yoga marg is very effort-based. Hmm? The very postures and and the techniques for controlling the mind and so on and so forth. Uh, it's very... Um, and Gyanmarg, similarly also, you have to think really deeply and so it's very effort-based. Hmm. Yoga is not spoken of as a grace-based, if you read the Yoga Sutras, the Gyanmarg, it's not a grace-based idea. Hmm. Bhakti and the effort is there, but effort to effort to get grace that's 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 not that's effortless really hmm? in a sense. Prabhupada was once asked about yoga. He said, Yoga, we just cry, Oh Krishna, please help me. That's yoga. That's all. <laughs> that's not so hard then again. Maybe a little hard. Hmm. Right? We are all liking to think ourselves independent and strong and so forth, but our real strength will be in acknowledging our weakness and our need for help. We heard this this morning, very nicely put by Pujapad Sridhar Maharaj. Hmm? If we're imperfect, then then it implies we need help. Hmm? And perfection must be such that it can help. Hmm? Right? So, so, the uh, the dispensation of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu primarily is the chanting of the holy names. As I said, some students will will be take the blessing for the holy name. And the way I speak of it, I speak of it like that because, of course, it is mentioned 
that the name of Krishna, this is quite the esoteric, but is non-different from Krishna, Krishna. The named and the name are not different. We have some semblance of this in, in the world, in language, I believe, in the world. It would probably be thought to be um, as perfect as the sound that describes the object corresponds with the object. The object had a sound, and you could voice it. Hmm? So this is the idea here uh, in spiritual life, that the name of Krishna, the sound, is non-different from him. So the name and the named are one and difference, are, diff- are one, but there is a difference. Now that's complicated, I know, but uh, you have to get used to that in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Uh, so the name and the named. Krishna and his name are non-different, but there is a difference. And the difference is that they're both the same, but in the form of his name, he's more generous. Hmm? I've told the story that Judah Marsh liked to tell of the two policemen who, in India, they were policemen, and they com- one complained to the other that it's really a problem that our God is a thief because Krishna, of course, is stealing butter and quite mischievous uh, in his leelas, and uh, he's not to be trusted unless you're his devotee. Then his promises to you are good, but he will break his promise to others for his devotees. That is his beautiful quality. Hmm? It's a very peculiar (laughs) deity. Hmm? Uh, You would think that God would be very objective and impartial and truthful. Hmm? But Krishna is partial and... uh, and uh, he, he, he breaks his promise, except the promise to his devotees. Hmm? Uh, he may, he may in some instances, I should say. And that showcases that which makes him desirable. His, without that quality, then, there would be no devotees. This is the point. Hmm? From the sutras, when it's brought up, the apparent prejudice or bias of Krishna towards his devotees, that is his bhaktavatsal. Hmm? affection. If he didn't have affection for us, then hmm, there'd be no bhakti. Hmm. So, so while he's non-different from his name, in the form of his name, he's more generous. Therefore, it's said that if one offends the form, still the name may come. Hmm. We have a nice example of that in, in Chaitanya Lila, that Brahma offended the form of Krishna. Hmm. And he was personally associating with Krishna in the Leela, and he offended him by way of trying to <coughs> steal his friends and calves. It's a long story, as you know. And, and so um, it's thought that, that he had to take birth in the Gore Leela. Hmm? Hmm. Brahma, as Brahma Haridas. Hmm? But we see that the name stayed with him hmm? in a big way. And he became the Nam Acharya, the teacher of the name by his example, Brahma. Hmm? So the name is the point, is very generous. The, the power, the efficacy of the name, uh, which is the chanting of which is central to the bhakti that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is giving, is also very much uh, beautifully demonstrated in the person of Thakur Haridas, who was born in our, in, in, officially from a social point of view at the time in an outcast family. Hmm? He had bad karma, was, was the, would be the idea. Hmm? And it was thought uh, at the time that, well, he had to take birth in another life and then he could enter the temple or something like that. But uh, when he passed from the world, which was 
extraordinary event in, it, in itself. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu danced holding the body of Thakur Haridas in his arms, implying that this, his entire Parabdha manifest karma was completely eradicated. His, his, his form was now perfected Sadakadeya and worshipable, and Mahabha with his own hands began to dig the tomb where that uh, uh, form is, is placed and that place then is, is worshipped. So the efficacy of the name is, is extraordinary. By knowledge, we can uproot the ignorance that is the, 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 the source of our um, problems that manifest in the form of karma. But in the Ganmark, while you can uh, uh, dissolve the problem of karma that's not yet manifest, that which is already manifest, that has to wait uh, and play itself out. And the Jivan Mukta in the Ganmark observes, and when it finishes, he dies. And then, But in Bhakti, that's a very different idea. Sanatana Goswami... His body broke out in in sores from drinking uh, water in the jungle, in Jarikanda forest, and he came to Jagannath Puri. He knew that previously Chaitanya Mahaprabhu met him and embraced him. And at the time he embraced him, he didn't um, he didn't um, he wasn't keeping himself. Um, like a Vaishnava, he had dressed like a like a like a Muslim um, fakir, like a like a Sufi, hmm? and um, so when Mahaprabhu said, "I think someone is at the door," Tapan Mishra and Chandrasekhar, where he was staying in Benares, they went. I think one of my devotees was at the door. They said, "No, it's just some Sufi." Hmm? Mahaprabhu said, "Well, bring him in." Then he saw Sanatan, and he embraced him. And his associates were amazed. Who is this? And he said, "They said, now you go and shave your head and put on the white, bathe in the in the Ganges and come back." So he knew that while Mahaprabhu gave him instruction hmm, how to um, visibly, externally identify himself as a devotee through his dress and so forth, um, he had traveled like that. Of course, the story is because he was escaping from the government and he was trying to join Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and uh, the government uh, was uh, looking for him. So, uh, At any rate, when he came to Puri, he was afraid that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was very generous. He, he may embrace me and I have these open sores in my body and I don't want to offend him in that way. So he thought, maybe I would better throw myself under the Rathiatra cart of Jagannath and and uh, so, but Chaitanya Mahaprabhu stopped him, of course, and he said, "No, don't think like that." Dikshakari at the time of Diksha, Atma Samarpan, when a devotee does Atma Samarpan, hmm, at the time of initiation, when the devotee gives himself, herself to Krishna, hmm, Atma Samarpan, Krishna makes that person one with him, one with him, hmm? Hmm. and and in due course. When that which is when the initiation plays itself out, initiation is under the the, the jurisdiction of what we call sambandagyan. Hmm? 
Sambandha means relationship, so it's it's the it's the basis on which we may have relationship. We're imparted the mantra, hmm? in which out of which our relationship with Krishna will manifest. Hmm? The Diksha mantra, hmm? and then um, we're given so much. Uh, the guru is someone who can tell us what is Krishna tattva, what is Maya tattva, what is Jiva tattva, and especially he can tell us, she can tell us what is Bhakti tattva. All these things, with as we get all this knowledge from the guru, then we become that much more equipped to take advantage of the mantra that's been given and grow, if you will, a relationship with Krishna. Hmm? And um, and then in in due course, Mahaprabhu said that body becomes chidananda, the sadaka deha, the practitioner's body. That's why I say. You are that body. <laughs> you are the sadhakadeya, you should think. I am the body that has been given by my guru through initiation, and I should act accordingly. Hmm? If you do that, you will understand what it means that you're not the body also, very, very, very easily. That is the easy way to do that. Hmm? By understanding your body to be a sadhakadeya and conducting yourself within it accordingly. So... The teaching of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, hmm? um, that and 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 while we impart the Diksha mantra, I'm pointing I'm making was we also bless the students to chant the holy name. What is the requirement of that? Hmm? One might ask if the name is non-different from Krishna. Indeed, to make the point that the name is non-different from Krishna, it is said that the name of Krishna is independent of Diksha. Hmm? So it would seem that, the, that the name is directly Krishna and more merciful than the form of Krishna. Even if we have offended the form, the name will come. Hmm? So what is the need of Diksha? So, and this is a popular thinking these days in some circles. What is the need of Diksha? Or what is the need of initiation for, uh, to, or any blessing to chant the name? Hmm? Right? But... That, that's exactly why we need a, we need a preceptor. Hmm? Uh, because, yes, the name is independent. He can do as he likes. And he does do as he likes. And this is what he likes. He likes to give himself through those who have come to appreciate what he is, hmm? who know him, hmm? who can chant Shudhanam, the pure name. He likes to give himself to those people. And, through, and, and he likes to give himself to others through such people. Hmm? That is the medium. Indeed, the, our deity is Krishna. So, Krishna is um, God, often largely forgetful of himself, forgetful of his divinity, lost in the love of his, his devotees and in intimacy. Hmm? Uh, so, it's thought that as much as we have familiarity with, we are in proximity to, we have experience of the suffering of others, we will have the capacity to be empathetic towards them and, and show compassion. So it's questionable what Krishna's capacity in the form of Krishna, Dvibhuj Krishna, Swayam Bhagavan, next to Radha, what capacity he has to be empathetic and compassionate and 
and so forth. Hmm? So therefore, it is said that he has the Kripa Shakti, the power of mercy, and it manifests in the form of his devotees. And they generally have some experience of what is the, the, the material predicament. Krishna has no experience, but directly, what is the material predicament? And and they they remember it like, yeah, I had a dream. I had a dream. I had a nightmare. And uh, and so they, they they are the agents of Krishna's mercy. They 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 give out the name. They they give the the knowledge of the name. Why would we take the name? We don't. This is such a such a foolish idea. I think Krishna is non different than his name. Therefore, I don't need a guru. I will just chant the name. Where did you learn that? Where did you learn that Krishna is not different than his name? Hmm? <laughs> so there is some intervention there, some teaching there. Hmm? The whole principle is it's coming from up to down and somebody's bringing it down. And so if you ignore that, this is called guru avagya. To ignore the guru principle. And this is the first, what is called nam aparad, offense to the name. So you can chant Krishna nam without a guru, but you'll be chanting nam aparad. From nam aparad, what will you get? Hmm. Well, it's powerful. You get something. You can go to heaven. You can get so many material things. Hmm. Namaparad cannot give you a direct experience of yourself. Hmm. Namabhas, that can give direct experience of the self. And Shudanam, that can give you experience of the prospect that, that Bhakti's ingress into your life affords you. Hmm. That is our uh, our ideal. Hmm? So, if we want to chant Shudhanam, hmm, then it's very. This is the logic. Then we should get a blessing to chant the name from the Guru. So there's a place for what Prabhupada sometimes referred to as the first initiation or Harinam initiation and so forth. Huh? So it's often ten. ten uh, it, it often uh, sadhus tend to give that uh, generously. Hmm? Um, after all, the name's generous, but this principle you can't get around us. Mm-hmm. This is a very, mis- very confused idea, or any sh- any sh- shades of it. Like, well, I have, I've got to get a guru, so I'll get somebody. Saraswati, I heard she said that I'm so happy that my my husband has a guru that he likes. I'm thinking that's good. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> idea. <laughs> That's a pretty good idea. Mm-hmm. Maybe you'll even grow to love him in due course. <laughs> so this just, you know, she just said it unwittingly, I suppose. You know, it just, it speaks of the times, unfortunately, in which we live in the Gaudiya, you know, community internationally. Hmm? How some very important principles have been misunderstood, abused, and, uh, hmm? and it's the principle of the guru in our life. Hmm? It does sound a bit ominous, I suppose, the idea of taking shelter of the guru. And we talked a little bit about this last night, like that guy sitting about 15 inches above everybody else and and the, uh, those, these metaphors of sitting at the feet and so on and so forth. But really, it's a beautiful idea. 
It's a very beautiful idea. And as I mentioned to Eileen last night, who had a question, really, in a sense, the disciple makes the guru a similar way that the devotee and his bhakti, her bhakti, gives form or shape to Krishna. If there's no bhakti, there's no form of God. In Brahman, God is formless, and there's no bhakti. Wherever we find bhakti, there's a corresponding, and must be so, form of God. So this is the, the Achinta Beta Beta principle, that love of God or bhakti and God are one and different at the same time. You understand? You can't have one without the other. Hmm? And so similarly, our guru is, is we find that, that we make, we make that conclusion, we arrive at that. We go. We participate in sadhu sangha, and then we feel that one is my guru, and then that one is in trouble. Shridhar Maharshi used to say, the sadhu gives the siksha, then the audience receives the siksha, feels nourished from that, and then they own that. You know, then you know, you, you, now you have to give diksha, they say. So he gets trapped. So you got to be careful about speaking too much. And, uh, get. So, the, so, the, so, it's, and I mentioned the point last night that I had seen on the internet just a couple of weeks back, and I know this guy. Uh, uh, I tried to help him. He passed, but uh, he he announced on the Facebook that I wanted to announce that I am a guru now. And I thought, well, it'd be nice if somebody else felt that, like you know, you had a student that you know, there's no meaning to that. <laughs> So the guru, the disciple finds the guru, and when we speak about it like this, this is an accurate way of speaking about it, actually. Um, the guru is said, God is said to be present in the heart, and the guru is an external manifestation of the heart. So guru speaks in such a way that we feel familiar with that. We, we feel that, that he or she is articulating how we're feeling better than we could ourselves. So there's resonance with that speech and with the character of that um, that, that, that sadhu and so forth. So um, we are part of the e- equation here, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So it's not a foreign um, uh, o- oppression, mm-hmm. really. It's a disciple of mine many years ago, out there, um, shortly after uh, receiving initiation, a friend of hers wrote and said, um, you know, it's nice to know that you're there and this and that and this mission and you're pursuing spiritual life. And, and then he said, but I just, I just hope that when you look in the mirror, you smile, which meant he said, I'm really not happy with anything you're doing, was the bottom, you know, what he's really saying. But uh, So anyway, she wrote back to him and she said, actually, when I look in the mirror, I don't see that much to smile about hmm? uh, because I've learned that, Things about myself by hearing from my guru that 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 I see an image that needs to be improved. Hmm? But when I look at my guru, he said, she said, then I smile. Hmm? <laughs> then I see my prospect. Hmm? I see. And this is the feeling. Our feeling when we sit before our guru, we feel goodness. Uh, I'm very kind of embarrassed. I've got uh, like Balaram said, I'm kind of tongue-tied, and I don't. I feel like uh, like, but. The other side is there at the same time. I feel great hope and prospect. These are contradictory feelings. Hmm? I feel like like helpless and uh, 
and, uh, and in, in, in great necessity, but with great hope and prospect and, and a kind of a confidence at the same time. They have these contradictory feelings. Hmm? Um, this is supposed to short-circuit the, the thinking, kind of. Uh, two I fe- I feelings colliding with one another. Hmm? So, no, it's 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 um, properly understood. Uh, it is, and, and we hear, we hear, we, we we hear. In the course of the week here, we've heard on Prabhupada's distance disappearance. That I read his uh, eulogy, one of his famous eulogies of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, his guru. You can feel such affection there. This morning we read the eulogy of Pujapatrida Marsh for Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur for his guru. Such feeling. So, who understands this properly? Then uh, they. The, the um, uh, misconceptions about that, or external appearances of what it may be, they, they should have the capacity to to uh, um, kind of set the story straight. So we should try to do that. For example, especially in times where the principle of a guru is kind of like, even amongst Gaudiya people, it, it's often misunderstood and uh, and. Uh, and you're lucky if you're, you know, get a guru that you like. <laughs> it shouldn't be like that <laughs> at all. Uh, uh. So, to have the guru in our life for chanting the holy name, this is essential. Hmm? So I will give the, uh, the the beads. We have beads like a rosary, the mala, hmm? a string of beads, japa beads from the sacred Tulsi, uh, the sacred basil, as it's called now in the, in the market, <laughs> and um, and uh, and I've chanted on those beads that I will give out, and then the students will chant. And when they chant, then um, they should avoid the other offenses to the name. Now, all of these offenses, there are ten of them listed in the Puranas. If you look at them carefully, you'll see that most of them will be... Um, avoided very easily by one thing, by having received sufficient sambandagyan or spiritual instruction uh, and so forth. I have about, I don't know, 2,000 tapes or so of talks, so there's a lot of instruction that you could take advantage of. But the basic ideas, for example, uh, let's go through a few of them. Hmm? It's an offense to think that... uh, that the uh, names of uh, the of the devas are uh, uh, non-different than the name of Krishna. That you'll get the same result by chanting Indra, 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 hmm? and Krishna, Krishna, Krishna. Well, we know that's not true after studying the Govardhan Leela. So you're not going to make that offense if you have the Sambandhagyan. This, this is was happening in the time of Bhakti. We know people get initiated. They didn't know the philosophy, so they would make these kind of offenses. And the gurus, many of them were capable of even giving it. So um, it was a problematic. So he gave put the emphasis on, on Sambandagyan. Therefore, we'd say chanting without Sambandagyan, we see it is not efficacious. Hmm? So a few others, though, they think that the names of the, the chanting of the name, which is uh, arguably the, 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 the sacrifice of the age, Sankirtan, Yagyai Sankirtana prayer, Yajantihi Sumedasa as mentioned in the Bhagavad equal to other sacrifices like the horse sacrifice or the 
this sacrifice or that sacrifice. I don't think too many of you are going to make that offense because you've got someone to get on. You see the value of, the, of having the teaching. Hmm? Um, to, to, to think that I can... The, 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 the chanting of the name is very efficacious in terms of clearing away the uh, results of um, misdeeds and so forth. Therefore, I can commit some misdeeds and then I can clear it away and I can commit some misdeeds and clear it away. So there are many instructions with regard to this that make make it clear to us that's not going to work and that's not going to give me shudhanam. Hmm? Um, we'll try to go through all of them. Have anybody been counting? That's one, two, we did three. And then, um, well, to, to, to think that the name, to interpret the name, Mahaprabhu hmm? Sri um, Chaitanya Dev was asked by Balabhacharya to give a commentary on the name in Jagannath Puri. And Balabha had written a commentary. And, and so he wanted to hear Mahaprabhu's commentary. Mahaprabhu refused. He said, he said I only know that uh, Krishna, the name of Krishna is, is he who suckles the breast of Jashoda, he, the dark, beautiful boy, Shamsundar. He said, if you understand it correctly, what he's saying there is, my commentary on the name is that the name is non-different from Krishna. That's my commentary. Hmm? Hmm? And so, um, to give some other interpretation, uh, this is considered namapra, to consider that the, uh, the efficacy of the name, its power and so forth, is an exaggeration. This is also considered to be offense. The, the implication behind this also should be noted is that the scriptures do exaggerate in places and they do so for the purpose of getting people who otherwise would not pursue the right course to do so by for example the motive of fear hmm? there are different motives for serving God out of fear out of prospect of what I might get out of it materially speaking out of duty because it's the right thing to do and out of love of course hmm? The latter two, duty means go to Vaikuntha, and the love means ragmarg. Hmm? But the scriptures aren't only talking about ragmarg and, 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 and people qualified for Vaikuntha, they're very generous. So sometimes they say, if you do this, then for this many lifetimes and that many is, you'll have this many in hell, you'll have to live and drink boiling water or whatever, you know, oil or whatever. And so it, 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 the, some of the Puranas, for example, they have some, they have some license to exaggerate and of course we need good guidance to understand what's an exaggeration and you know, what's not. But, but the point here, this is why this point is made, because one who understands the scripture properly, how to read it can understand hyperbole here for a purpose and, and, and so forth. And, that, and when I make it clear, this is not the case with the Nam, and there are very many extraordinary things that are said uh, in the Mohima, uh, the, the glory, of the, the power, the efficacy of the name. Hmm? The very idea that the name can, that the shadow of the name hmm, only can give mukti was something that the Gopal, uh, what is his name, Chapal, hmm? in uh, a figure in, in Gorlila, took exception to when Haridas Thakur um, mentioned it. Haridas Thakur, who we mentioned earlier, the Namachari, he was asked to say something about the name. He said, well, just a shadow of the name can give mukti. 
and this guy, learned fellow, he was a Brahmin, learned in the scriptures. This is a, ostensibly a, a Muslim. What does he know <laughs> about it? And there's a sophisticated, educated Brahmin, familiar with the text. And he says, what are you talking about? <laughs> this is where the Chaitanya's group all goes down the you know, drain here. See, he gives, a, he gives a leadership position to this guy, and he doesn't even know the Shastra. <laughs> and people are striving for liberation, for mukti, by in the Gyanmarg yogis they go and they wear only ashes in the Himalayas, submerge in the Ganges up to the neck in the winter and cold weather, hmm? sit at noon in, in the heat uh, with, uh, and start a fire to, to, to try to realize that the dualities of heat and cold, for example, are perceptions of the senses. If I could get beyond the senses, I could see things for what they really are. This is a very extreme type of uh, practice. It's not very user-friendly <laughs> compared to bhakti. Hmm? Right. So, um, so he said, the people are doing this to get liberation. You're telling me that just by chanting the name, a shadow of the name, hmm? not the, the full, with full realization, you can get mukti. He said, I can't accept this. So, you see, this is a, what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's group is, the, the time of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was one, incidentally, where there was considerable emphasis on efficacy of Nam by a number of different people in the religious um, scene. It was a scene in which there was uh, thought to be the, the, the Advaitins and the Smartas, who were the religious sector of the Advaitin uh, mystics, hmm? the Brahmins. They had the idea that was widely circulated, that in order to get liberation, salvation, to end the cycle of birth and death, that you had to be born as a Brahmin, a pundit, hmm? and in, in, in that life take sannyas. So it made the divine uh, a couple of steps out of reach of the common uh, people. Hmm? And there was a revolution, so to speak, a reaction to this, and, and it came in the form of efficacy of Nam. Tukaram uh, was one such person. Um, Kabir is another example. Mm. Guru Nanak, for example, these are some. They were about the time of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Mm. And if you read their works, they're emphasizing Nam, Sat Nam, and, uh, and, and so forth. Um, so they were... They, the idea was that God is in his name and through his name the common people can <coughs> directly commune with him and so on and so forth. Hmm? Most of them, of course, were preaching what we call a, a, a saguna conception of the nam. The nam was a material, subtle manifestation of the divine that you could use to go beyond name and form. Mahaprabhu, on the other hand, preached nirgunam. That the nam is from the near good. It's nam different from Krishna, and it's fully spiritual, and so forth. So a little important um, difference there. But my point is, of course, that what Mahaprabhu was teaching, even amongst those who were speaking about the efficacy of nam and some idea of bhakti, mostly sattviki bhakti instead of uttam or, or shuddha bhakti, hmm? what he was speaking about was revolutionary. Now, if you look at it through the lens of the Goswami's writings, you think, well, of course, I mean, it's obvious. It's all over the scripture. But they did that. Nanas, Shastra, Vichara, Naikanipuno, Sadharma, Samstapako. 
Lokanam They are the Kripa Shakti of Bhagavan with great compassion for the people, it said. Lokanam Hitakarano This is why they're moving. This is Yadrichaya, this is the Bhagya Bhagyavam, this is the lucky they're moving out of compassion. Not to get anything, but to give something. Knowing what I've got. And it's a blessing. Hmm? I used to think, I'm so blessed sometimes. I'm so blessed. I have to reach out and share this with somebody. It's just not right that I should have it all. <laughs> it should be shared. It should be given out. Hmm? What will it? T- and what, it, what effort will that be? Hmm? Hmm? So, hmm. Mahaprabhu's idea of Nam. The Goswamis, are, uh, they're showing it out of great compassion they took to, to taking from all the revealed texts, which were like the, those were like the law books of the time, right? Um, kind of the bottom line, um, the, the, the standard of knowledge. And they, they read them like no one had ever read them before. But when you read them like they read them, you think, how could anyone read them in any other way, practically? Hmm? And so they brought out the the Nam Shrestam, the, the the highest conception of the name that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was uh, this was the kind of embodiment of. This was his dispensation, Shudanam, Uttam Bhakti, and so forth. Hmm? So it was much misunderstood. So this this Brahmin learned fellow, we know what kind of thing this Haridas is saying, and so forth, and and so he he. Um, he, uh, well, he made Vaishnava Parada and Nama Parada and so on and so forth. We won't go into the whole story of what happened to him, but it wasn't pretty. Uh, so we didn't want to go against Bhakti. <laughs> so anyway, that's another offense, right? To give, to think that the, na- the glories of the name, as they are stated in Scripture, are some kind of exaggeration, and uh, that it was an exaggeration showed up uh, to him in a very prominent way. Um, after he thought that it was, and he offended Haridas. So he got a reaction, in other words. So that's another offense. And then uh, there's another, the other ones are like um, to think that, to, to, to um, I guess, to, uh, to vilify the, the, the sacred texts, right? Is it to vilify them or to? Okay, to vilify, to vilify them. Yes, so, so to vilify, or to blaspheme. The text. So the texts are very important. This is a very prominent form of revelation, the shabda, the sound. Mm-hmm. And um, and by by revelation, the implication is we can arrive at, at at perfect knowing. If perfection wants to make itself known to the imperfect, out of its perfectness, it can do such a thing, which would seem otherwise impossible. Mm-hmm. Revelation. So we should honor the sacred texts. And then, then there are offenses. There's the offense for the giver of the name. Mm-hmm. Here I'm giving the blessing to chant the name. And it said, one should not give the name to the faithless. If I think, hmm, she's very wealthy. And if I make her my disciple, I will be sure to have a retirement plan <laughs> of buttered rice and chapatis in my old age. So 
I'll give her initiation, something like that. Uh, I'd like to tell the story of Gore Kishore in this connection. Gore Kishore was a Siddha Purush and uh, a very extraordinary uh, devotee in some hundred some years ago. And um, he used to uh, stay away from the public, but he was renowned by the religious public for, for being a great um, Paramahamsa, a great uh, realized soul. And he was living to keep away from the people, sometimes he would live out in the fields where people would go and uh, relieve themselves. Hmm? So, he was a very extraordinary character. Anyway, this one wealthy man, he had everything socially. He had everything. He had whatever you needed to pull out socially and speak about it to be cool. And, but the only thing he didn't have was a guru and that you needed also to be... To be um, be politically correct or whatever, to be socially correct. So he thought, I will have to have a really good guru because I'm a really good guy and I want people to think I am. <laughs> and so he thought, I will have ba- get Babaji Maharaj as my guru. So he, he thought, and I will tell him that whatever he, whatever he asks, I will give him. So he went he, out into the fields, he met Babaji Maharaj, said, Babaji Maharaj, I want to be your disciple. Hmm? And whatever you ask, I will give you. And he was thinking... You know, what does he want, a hut? You know, I can build him a hut, I can give him a house, you know, I can give him a field if he, his own if he wants, you know, instead of this one where, you know, people are using to relieve themselves and answer the call of nature. So, you know, a little weird, but anyway. Uh, so I said, I'll do whatever you want. Whatever you ask, I will do. And he thought, what can this poor guy ask, you know, that I can't do, I'm wealthy. So Babaji Maharaj said, very good, I will accept you as my disciple, I'm happy to do so. And I only have one request. Yes, please, you ask me, Maharaj. He said, my request is that you don't go home. You stay here with me. (laughs) And he ran away from that place. (laughs) So we shouldn't be the kind of guru that's bought and paid for, so to speak. Right? Hmm? Right. Um, So one should not give the name to the faithless. Hmm? And then there's a couple other offenses. Right. Hmm? Yeah, so these are the ones I wanted to save to the end because <laughs> because there's my point has been in explaining them that most of the fences, offenses will be done away with very easily by hearing, getting the Samandagyan, getting the, the basic teaching, the basic knowledge that, that is... is um, um, built into to bhakti, if you will. But to offend the Vaishnavas, other devotees, even as many times as you hear that hmm, teaching, still we find people making such offenses. So this is very, and this is the worst offense, it's sometimes thought, sometimes compared to uh, uh, letting an elephant loose in your garden could be a problem. Hmm? All the tender creepers and vines can be uh, uprooted and so forth. So, so uh, we teach about this. In spite of the, most of them we teach about and that's it, I got it, okay, I don't do that. I don't think the name is of, uh, of, of Indra is the same as the name of Krishna. Hmm. And sometimes chant Indra, Indra, sometimes Krishna, Krishna, no. But this one, problem. Hmm. So this should be very much avoided. 
And you can offend devotees who are less advanced than you. You can offend your intermediates. You can offend those who are uh, superlative devotees. And you could offend by body, by your actions, by your words, or by your mind. Hmm. So you have to be careful about that. If you offend in your mind, of course, you can rectify it in your mind. If you offend with words, you can rectify with words. If you offend by um, your actions, then that can be rectified by by actions, by rendering service to, the, to such a person. Hmm? For the most part, it requires some malice. Hmm? We shouldn't be neurotic about it. Hmm? But we do find it's quite shocking. We see there's malice. Hmm? I mean, it's in an extreme form, and they and you and the you invoke this, you know, aspect of the teaching, and there's no ear for it. I mean, there are some people who food and drink is such. That's these people should be avoided, hmm? very much avoided. So, and then, is, is what is only one left? Yeah, number ten. Number ten is the idea behind this other. This last offense is that, as you chant the holy name of Krishna, it will become clear to you that you, that that you should let go of certain things. They're not helping you. As it becomes clear, if you hang on, then that's not good. That's like trying to row a boat and keep the anchor down. Hmm? The name will just back up and say, well, look, I'm a, you're asking, I'm telling, and then you're ignoring, and you recede to the background. So if you want to keep the name in the foreground to do his work hmm, of cleansing the heart and more, hmm, and much more, then yeah, as he reveals, then you have to follow, you understand. So these are the fences. So those, all of us should. Well, we started with that one. To we said earlier that if you, I think you can avoid the guru and chant the name, in that way. So it follows as well. Once you have a guru, you can't uh, ignore or. You know, it also means you should try to see the guru with a philosophical eye, like we see the deity with a philosophical eye. Hmm? Right. Um, so then, those are the ten offenses, and then, of course, then there is the mantra diksha. Then we give mantra diksha means this is sometimes probably like the second initiation. This is um, the Pujapatshidamarsh um, gave a nice example of, you, of two circles, a larger circle and a smaller circle. The mantra diksha is the smaller circle, and the nam, the holy name, is a larger circle. Larger circle means that the holy name is very generous. It's non-different from Krishna, hmm? and he extends himself down to anybody and everybody, touches the general public, even unknowingly. Hmm? When we come in touch with the, with the qualified guru and we see the blessing to chant the name, in due course, the name qualifies us, and then we can take advantage of the mantra diksha, which is the smaller circle. Hmm? It doesn't extend as low, because it requires some qualification before we receive it. Hmm? Whereas a name may touch us and we may say, who is that guy, Harry Krishna, by the way? They're always chanting his name. You know, In some simple way, the name touches everybody hmm? when chanted aloud. But the mantra, this is uh, then uh, parted by the guru, Krishna mantra and Krishna nam. Hmm? The mantra is made up of the name. The name is in the vocative case. In the, in the form of the mantra, the name comes in the dative case. Hmm? 
And so when we see the students have advanced to some extent, they're serious about the practice, we give this mantra diksha. This, this form of the name helps us very much to, to grow this sharanagati, this surrender and... Uh, and it has its efficacy, so it 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 it, it's, it requires some qualification, so it doesn't extend as low. It's a smaller circle, and it doesn't reach as high. It will reach its efficacy at a certain point, hmm? and then Krishnanam and Krishnasmaranam. That will be all. That's, that will be your way to the to the end uh, result. Hmm? So we have different Gayatris: Brahma Gayatri, Guru Gayatri. Gaur Gayatri, uh, Krishna Gayatri, or Kam Gayatri, hmm? and corresponding mantras: Guru Mantra, Gaur Mantra, Krishna Mantra. So this week, this is part of the second initiation. Again, these are in the dative case, so they very much help to foster the, the Sharanagati, hmm? and um, and and uh, kind of help us through Sadhana Bhakti. Mm. Uh, they, they reach their efficacy at that point. Mm. So, uh, we will uh, now, what is the time? Ten minutes to twelve. Okay, so we'll proceed. And um, is Manan Gopal here? Yeah. He will tell us how to proceed. Uh-huh. <laughs> So first, if you could make a little room in the front, so um, and all of the initiates, if they could be close to the front, so they can come and offer basins. Okay. So now they are. This is uh, we uh, employ five uh, five elements, if you will, to the initiation. That's been explained nicely by Bhakti Bhaktivinotakur. We have, let's see if we can remember them. We have Nama, Pundra, Tapa, Mantra, and Yajna. Hmm? Nam means name, and so you get a name. And you get, uh, uh, Pundra means tilak. Hmm? This kind of tilak, not this kind of tilak. <laughs> this is the Shiva tilak. This is the, this is the Vishnu tilak. Pundra, up and down. So, Nam, Pundra, um, Tapa. Tapa means fire, yeah, austerity, um, and so forth. And it used to be, well, in some sampradayas, the, what they do is they brand the symbols of Vishnu on you. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is more, more gentle. So, yeah. so we... We we brand uh, we, we we take with the tilak and stamp like this. Put the name of Krishna. So you write Krishna on your head. So that's the tapa. So nam, um, pundra, tapa, um, mantra, and yagya. So for some, the mantra is a nam mantra, Hare Krishna mantra, and others there'll be the the uh, diksha mantra and yagya and the yagya for everyone is sankirtan, hmm? and then for those who get this, the uh, mantra diksha, they will be engaged in the yagya. Here it refers to the to the deity worship. Hmm? You can in, you have the mantra 
corresponds with the deity, then you can worship the deity because that mantra is invoked and you're supposed to do that such a way that you see that there's no difference between the mantra and, and the deity. Make a temple in your heart. So, so we'll bring everybody here forward. We're all pretty close. <laughs> but, uh, and then we do this other part here. This, uh, this, this has been uh, prepared here such a way that Vishnu has entered into the pot, right? Mm. And so Mantras that are being given are invoked into a deity, so then you're bathed with... Everyone takes a bath before initiation, so you're bathed with the... This is, this is the sacred bath here. Okay, so here come. Okay, that's the bath. And then, come, come, come. Here's the tapa. Krishna, Krishna. Looks good. You have tilak on your forehead, so here I give you this. And Manangopal will teach all of you how to put tilak on with all the different mantras also at some point here after the main ceremony. Tilak is uh, very beautiful. Uh, that's another lecture. Uh, <laughs> may get carried away. <laughs> So uh, then we have, uh, so we've given the, the tapa, the pundra, the bath, and what's left here? Let me give you these. This is your neck beads. Yeah. Sacred tulsi. And these are of great power, as you know, to protect you. Because when you wear them, always when people see you and they go, Oh, are you a devotee? <laughs> and then you go, Oh, yeah, right, I'm supposed to be a devotee. I'm supposed to be acting like one, too. So those protect you. Very powerful. So now. I'm going to give you the beads, and you chant like this. You start with the, there's a, there's a, like a tree. So this is the, like the bottom, the larger piece, larger trunk, and it goes up to the top. This is the fruit here. It's Krishna. So you go to the top, you pick a fruit, and come back down. We're going around once like this, one, one round we call. The other way is two. So you start here for the first round. Finger, middle finger, and the thumb, right? So... You tell me now how much you will, how many rounds you will chant every day. I will chant. No, no, you tell me. That's it. That's between you and me. That's between you and me. Okay. All right. That's a good, good start. Good beginning. As the taste comes, you'll increase. So, then I give you this bag. You can keep the beads in. This is for a very busy guy because it's got a zipper in it too, apparently. <laughs> And just sit there, there's something inside, look. Some beads for counting, okay. So there's, there's, you know, there's the 16 beads on here for counting, and there's, there's four other ones that nobody knows what they're for, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so when you start chanting 16 rounds, then you chanted one quarter of what Mahabhava wanted his disciples to chant every day. Hmm? And so then when you're ready to go halfway, then you 
you pull the other one down. So they're tied like this, and so these move. So if you chant 16 once, then you pull this one down, and you chant 16 twice, then this one. Okay, so gradually you'll come to that standard. You understand? So those are counter beats, but this is not for counting. This is for chanting, not counting. If you're counting like this, then you're not doing it right. You're looking, what is the time, and how many I've chanted, and how far, well, I'm almost done. Don't do that. You pay, pay attention, okay? Chant attentively. All right, so your name, I'll give you a name. Your name is Kanuram Das. Kanuram. That's another way of saying Krishna Balaram here now. I'll give you... So how many rounds will you chant? No, not enough. <laughs> okay, that's good. <laughs> okay. That's why I got a guru, right? <laughs> okay. Okay, here. Shamarupa. 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 That's uh, Rupa means a couple things. It means form and means beauty also. Beautiful. Hmm? And Sham means it's a name for Krishna. That's his complexion. The color Sham is the color of romantic love. This is the color of Krishna. Hmm? So, the form of romantic love, you're the servant of that, that's Krishna. Okay, Shamarupa. Okay, next, come. Okay. Very good. And Tilak, Okay. Uh, do that for me. Uh, too weak. Thank you. Okay. So, how long have you been learning about Krishna consciousness for me? A year and a half. Year and a half. Okay. 
What about your wife? Same? Year and a half. Kyle? How long? 2003? 2004? About a, a yuga, huh? 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Feedback? Come. How many rounds? Okay, good. So your name is Jogamohan Das. Jogamohan. Jogamohan means who can intoxicates the whole world. So you're his servant. Don't take intoxication. <laughs> I should mention that also. Don't take intoxication. Don't. You should be gainfully employed. Hmm? Don't uh, try to beat the system. No gambling. Hmm? No intoxication. You should. Uh, the sexual urge is something that everybody agrees should be controlled. Everybody on some level, right? Hmm? You know, they don't let you just go jump on people on the streets out there. <laughs> so we have our standard as well. And you should keep that within within marriage or a, a, a monogamous uh, relationship. So they have more meaning. Than it would otherwise, um, and, um, and to be kind to others, everybody, do a diet, and in that regard, then you should have vegetarian diet. Mm. That is how we show the beginning, anyway, for jiva diet. These things are all mentioned in the Bhagavatam. My guru singled them out as very important. It's said that wherever these things are going on, I'm telling you, what, what, these are the what the, the not to dos. That whatever they're going on, then the influence of uh, Kali, Kali Yuga, will be prominent. There's a fifth thing also he mentions in the Bhagavatam there, and that is if you hoard hoard money, hmm, then then that will bring uh, elements of corruption readily into your life. So you shouldn't do that. So if you're if you don't have if you're living with me, then you don't have to worry about that. You won't have any money. <laughs> But if you live separately, which is fine, then uh, then you have to have some livelihood. So you should try to use your fun money for things that will really be fun. That means it will be bring ananda into your life. You should spend it for these kind of festivals, like Raghunath Das did, for printing books like this, for opening temples and uh, serving Vaishnavas and so forth. And if you work in the world, then it should purify your work by some, make some pledge or some percentage of that should be given to the mission. Hmm? That way the monks will survive and provide nice festivals like this and you have a meaningful relationship with the monastic community as they will with you, will with you. So all of you should make note of this. I'm making this a point. And you can see my friend Hari Bhakti right here. Raise your hand, Hari Bhakti. She will. You can tell her what your will tithe and for the month or monthly and she'll follow up on you too. Okay. She used to live in the ashram, they call her heavy bhakti, so <laughs> she's quite nice though. She's quite soft these days. So. But she's not afraid to do what Guru Maharaj wants. So that's a good quality. Okay, next, come. Yes, ma'am.
that's what we see. question spend at least as much time chanting as composing. Hmm? Okay. You follow that number, but that's another another principle and instruction I've given to you, okay? It's a good number. Though. Okay. So Madhav is a name for Krishna, and it means springtime also. Madhav, you gave you means servant of of all things vernal, of which Krishna is the is the personification. So, who's left here? One more? Two more? Okay, let's see who we have. Okay, just John and Lexi. Okay, John's coming. Okay, John. And how long you've been listening to my tapes and so forth? Um, since I met you in New York, so I guess about two and a half. Two and a half years. Okay. What about you? How long have you been listening? Two years. Two years. Okay. Okay. Just to give you some. Perspective. Is Chidahari here? He's in the kitchen? Can you hear me? (laughs) (laughs) Ask him how long he was hearing from me before he got initiated. (laughs) Chidahari? One week. (laughs) Okay. Didn't want to scare anybody away. <laughs> but it's good. Good to listen here sometimes. And he's just counting. First holding the beads. <laughs> and so how many rounds do you chant? Hmm. Okay. Said that a little weekly. You wanna say that? You wanna say that again? Okay. He's sure about it. It's good. Some conviction. So you keep that up, and um, as it progresses naturally, you'll increase. Okay, come. 
name is Hugo Kishore Das. If you don't know the meaning, then you're in the wrong place. Hugo so. <laughs> Kishore, it's a nice name for the youthful, eternally adolescent Krishna. Hmm? He's quite a charming fellow. So. You're his servant. You should be charming also. Okay. Om Kishore Namaha. Very nice. <laughs> and what about how long have you been listening to my lectures? A year and a month. Oh, just over a year. How often do you listen to them? Weekly. Once a week. Uh huh. Okay. And your mother is here? Yep. Hi. <laughs> we have your permission? Okay. <laughs> So, how many rounds do you chant? Okay, that's good. Now you're working, right? Is he helping your household? Uh, he tells me he's going to come to my ashram in the next spring. Is that? He told me already. He told you, but you have to give him permission. You're gonna think. Okay, you think about it. You think about it. Okay. <laughs> All right, so come. Om Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. Your name is Anurag Das. Anurag. Anurag. Anuraga. 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 Ajahn. So that completes our ceremony here, and then this uh, continues. So initiation is ongoing. <laughs> it's the beginning, not the end. So you have to go from there, and uh, it will be complete as you know, sadhana bhakti is, is, is completed. So you're in the stage of bhajana kriya. You have to go to the stage of asakti. Then you can say, I've realized what happened the day I got initiated. Right. So now from here, we go outside, and Madan Gopal will perform the. Yeah, you want to tell us? What? Oh, you. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Come. Of course, I will give you the mantras in my room, the other ones, but just to let everybody else know and remind me. Something's happening here for you, too. Right, that looks good. I'll give you the, the Gopal Mantra. That is the main mantra, the main Diksha Mantra. I gave it to you, right? Okay. And then afterwards, after the yoga, you come to my room, and we'll have a, some private discussion about the mantra, and I'll give you the other Gayatris and mantras that we chant every day. Okay. And and for those of you receiving the Mantra Diksha, Madan Gopal will explain how to chant, how many times, how to count, so on and so forth. And then you come up one by one. Okay? Okay. <laughs> Krishnanam Das. Okay. Jai. Sri Gopal Mantra Mantra Jai.
So, <coughs> so you're chanting every day, right? Uh huh. When the last time you spoke to Shripad Paramahansa Maharaj? <coughs> Okay, good, good. So when did he give you Hari Nam? Uh, two years ago. Two years ago. But you were hearing from him for some time before that, right? Sometimes. Yeah. And then when did you meet me? Um, about three years ago. About three years ago. Time. Right, you came. So you've been listening to my talks, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so... We're old friends, as you know, Parmaveti Marsh and I. <laughs> so he's given me, giving you his, your blessed, blessing to take Mantra Diksha from me. So, with him in mind, then you come. Shivapal Mantra and Kijai. Shivapal Krishna Kijai. Sipad Parmaveti Maharaj Kijai. Shivapati Vinod Puribar Kijai. Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Ki Jai. Gaur Premanande. Okay, so we go out the door this way to the left. Jai!